0: Amen. Go ahead and have a seat and grab your Bibles. Got a couple of passages I want to go through, a couple couple of stories. I'm sure almost everybody here has read before um, the story of David and Goliath. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things I love about God's Word is we can read the same thing about a hundred (laughs) times. And because we're connected to his spirit, and his spirit is inside of us, we can get something totally new from it that'll bless us, and it'll actually apply to something that just happened. Although it was written about 2,000 years ago, it'll apply directly to what we need right here and right now. Hallelujah. So... Uh, In the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17, my favorite translation of the Bible is today's New International Version. Um, One of the reasons why I like today's New International Version is because it's easy to read, and it kind of flows. And also, I'm I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Bible experience, but the Bible experience um, puts it on like MP3 so that you can listen to it. It's a lot easier to listen to a whole chapter in like five minutes. It sounds really good. So, um, of course, everybody's already heard um, the story of David and Goliath. The title of my message is Getting Back on Track. It's more of a how-to, but the emphasis of it is getting back on track. Some of us just got a little bit off track. Some of us got way off track. Some of us ain't been on track in a long time. (laughs) So I'm hoping that we're going to make a CD. So just in case, we can just hold on to this one. And then maybe it'll get us back if we ever need it. Or might bless somebody else with it. Amen? (laughs) All right. So um, I used to do the youth here. And one of my pop quiz questions was, how long did the ordeal with David and Goliath take place? Was it 24 hours? Was it eight days? Or was it 40 days and nights? Without shouting it out, does somebody know the answer? See, that's why we got to read it again. <laughs> Who all thinks it was eight days? Who all thinks it was 20, 24 hours, just that one day? Who all thinks it was 40 days and 40 nights? Some of y'all just ain't raised your hand at all. Like, this whole middle section didn't even move. (laughs) Shoot, like, you ain't going to put me out there. (laughs) Hey, I'm not judging. I'm going to preach about me. How about that? I'm going to just say we, I, you know, just keep me in it. Y'all just keep looking at me. You don't have to relate to it, you know. Just telling the story. (laughs) All right. So, First uh, Samuel, the book of First Samuel, chapter seventeen, um, verses one through three, kind of lays out this scenario where the armies were. Verses four through seven give a real good description of Goliath. Um, from the best translations that I found out, he's probably like nine feet tall, maybe five, six hundred pounds. You know, I mean, his coat was like hundred pounds. Just, just his jacket was 100 pounds, you, you know, and his shield was 50 or 60 pounds. His, You know, he had to have people carry stuff for him. You know, just a big dude, big, crazy dude. Who I saw the movie 300 maybe a while ago or something like that? There was this big, ugly dude that was on a chain, you know, at in the middle of one of the fights. That's who I think of when I think of Goliath. So let's... Uh, Look at verse 8 in uh, the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine, and are ye servants to Saul? Choose you a man, and let him come and fight. So he's out here calling them out broad daylight. And, and then he lays out what's at stake. Verse 9. If he be able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. And But <clears throat> if I will prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants. So here, um, we have Slavery at stake. Now that's a big thing, right? Yeah. This is kind of funny, excuse me. <laughs> and he did this, verse 16. <clears throat> excuse me. And a Philistine drew near morning and evening, mm-hmm. presenting himself. For 40 days to armies. That's like a police force. Now, armies aren't just regular people. It wasn't women and kids. We, we're talking about men who trained and chose to fight. Not just bakers or cookie makers. These are soldiers. And he's coming out in front of them, standing next to their boys, grown men, standing next to each other. He's standing there talking about them, they king, they God, they mama, and everybody. Call it 40 days. Now, I've had a couple of verbal altercations in time or two in my life. <clears throat> whoa, whoa. Maybe. I'm like, Paul, i have wrong, no man. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So I've had an altercation or two, and I ran up on some people. I really just thought I should just let this one go, (laughs) just trying to be smart. But I wouldn't go tell nobody. You know, I ain't going to tell nobody. You know, I went to the club. I was talking junk, and then actually, you know, all of them showed up, and then I changed my mind and ran, you know. I ain't going to go tell nobody that, you know. All right. So, but sometimes, when you're next to people, you know, your woman might be looking at something, you might just have to just go for it, you know, just take it, because you can't punk out. <laughs> Don't Nobody <laughs> want to punk out in front of people. You know, if it's just you, that's one thing. But it's hard to punk out in front of people, right? Okay. All right. So, this guy is talking junk to them and they boys. <laughs> not on the side. Not one second. 40 days straight after breakfast and after dinner. He out there talking junk. Slavery is at stake. So what's going on with these guys, right? Okay. All right. (laughs) This is something else. Now, um, let's shoot on down to verse 23 towards the end. And as he talked with them, behold, came the champion of Philistine. This is David. He Um, you know, David was like 12 or 13, something like that, and his father sent him to send some cheese and stuff, you know, because David wasn't even chosen to fight because he wasn't ready to fight. It wasn't his time. His older brothers were out there fighting. His father's like, hey, you know, go take him some lunch. So David is going on down there with his lunch, you know, because his father's like, hey, you know, you just feed the sheep. You know, that's all, you know, you young, your older brother's gonna go handle this. You just go feed the sheep. So they might be hungry, so you go going to take some food. As he was going down there, not to fight, not a soldier, a teenager. Mm-hmm. That's why you are teenagers are precious. You never know what's inside of that heart and that mind. Amen. Amen. He goes by and, as the Bible says, verse 23, the last four words. And David heard him. Now, they've been listening to him for 40 days and 40 nights. David heard him one time. <clears throat> verse 24, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him <laughs> and were so afraid. Y'all getting this picture? Yeah. And so in verse 25, they kind of clarified what was going to happen. You know, they specifically told him, <clears throat> and the men of Israel, as they were running, crying, and screaming, and shaking, and trembling, and snotting, and whining, <laughs> punked out. <laughs> and the men of Israel said, have you seen this man that's come up? Surely to defy Israel. Israel was the house of the Lord. These were God's people. The salt salt of the earth has come up. It shall be that the man who killeth them, the king will enrich him with great riches. Who will serve a king that's scared to fight? (laughs) All right, I got to keep going. All right, that will enrich him with great riches, will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. You tax exempt? You get one of the king's daughters? And a bunch of money. People have fought for way less than that. Amen. <laughs> and they still didn't want to do it. And they knew what, what it was. David just, because he was on the right track. This was David when he was on the right track. In the next verse, he said, and he was talking to me, he said, So what should be done? Because he probably couldn't believe it. He said, okay, tell me that one more time. Just for clarification. And so they told him. In verse 27, the people answered him. So he was moving along. He said, okay, all right. Man, that's something else. Now, here's one thing I want you to write down in your notes. When you're on track with God's plan, nobody, can talk you out of it. David's brothers try to talk him out of it. The rest of the soldiers try to talk him out of it. The king tried to talk him out of it. I'm not saying it's good for teenagers to disobey everybody that's talking to them. But David had a strong relationship with God. He was on track. He was right on track. It's really important. Okay. So here's where David's confidence and his faith began great. Let's go to verse 34. This was the last. This was when Saul was trying to talk him out of it. And David said unto Saul, thy servant, myself, David was was talking about himself, kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion, there came a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock, and I went out after him. Come on, I, I know some kids that are run from a roach. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. not to mention a dog. Mm-hmm. So, this is a different kind of teenager, but he's still a teenager. He's a good example as a teenager. He said, I ran after a lion and a bear. Mm-hmm. That's as he was on track. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose, uh, now, I mean, me, I'm going to just be honest. I'm going to just be honest, okay? I'm living in Houston now. I see cows. I see goats. I see sheep and stuff like that. If I'm out here and we got 50 sheep, 50 cows, 50 whatever, goats, and a lion jumps out and grabs one, I'm asking him if he wants some hot sauce or something, you know. He need, he, he need a napkin, you know. Y'all better come on while he's eating that one. He can't eat two at the same time. I'm probably not gonna run after him. Probably I'm just being honest. You know. Just trying to be honest. All right. <laughs> but David ran after him, smote him. Uh, verse 36. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and his uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. Seeing This is where David's offense was awakened. He didn't just see a man talking junk. David got mad because he was talking junk about his God. Do we get upset when people talk about our God? Do we? Do we say something? Do we address it on Facebook? Whoa. Cause it's proof out there if you do. <laughs> All right. So seeing that he hath defied the armies, the armies of the living God. So his confidence came from where he already did, he already did. And this is what he told me. He said, the Lord that hath delivered me out of the paw of the lion, <clears throat> David had to have a good relationship with God. He had to be spending his time on those hills dancing with God, talking to God, speaking to God, because I'm sure his father taught him all that as he was young. And so he said, hey, look, this is what I'm responsible for. This is my area. And I'm going to protect it because God is on my side because he gave it to me t- to begin with. So I'm going pre- to protect it the way I'm supposed to, kind of like anything that we have now, like our companies, our jobs, you know, this is what God has given us. So we're going to protect our stuff by what we need to. Amen. Amen. So his confidence came in verse 37, and that's what he said. He said, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, He'll deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. Saul so said, Hey, go on ahead then. <laughs> Let your Lord be with you. Cause I ain't going. <laughs> you know. And y'all know the story. You know, David, you know, chose the five smooth stones. You know, and then, you know, depending on what you study you know David didn't choose five stones cuz he thought he was going to miss David chose five stones cuz Goliath had some cousins or some brothers you know depending on who you read he, he it was it was five it was four other ones that was just like him. so he was waiting on them to jump up too <laughs> and uh he grabbed that rag and that rock whoop, boom that was it he didn't need that sword he just he used what he had. Now that's a good one. You can write, <laughs> write that one down too. You have everything you need right now to do what God has called you to do. Right now. You don't need nothing else. Anything else would be a bonus. All right. So that's David when he was on track. Let's look at the other side of David. let's go to 2 Samuel so all kinds of stuff happened between now and then Uh, you know David got props you know he got a bunch of followers he got a clique he got a crew and Saul got jealous and just wanted to kill him because Saul was embarrassed because Saul wasn't on track Saul didn't have that right relationship with God okay so let's go to 2 Samuel verse 11 oh sorry chapter 11 Second, Second Samuel chapter eleven. Now let me get over there, and then we're gonna start at verse one. After I get over there, Second Samuel chapter eleven, verse one. And it came to pass after the year was expired, at the time the kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab his servant with him and all Israel. And they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David tarried at Jerusalem. First of all, who's supposed to be going out to battle? The kings. Did David go? He sent somebody else. Because stuff started getting easy for him. They slaughtered him. They won. David was a great leader. He taught them all well. And they handled business and they handled it well. So well, they was like, I ain't even gotta go. Y'all gonna knock him out. Just getting off track. He's way off track at this point. So while he was wrong and disobedient, verse two. Ugh. And it came to pass, in the evening time, that David arose from his bed and walked out. Now, see, if he'd have been out fighting, he'd have been in the bed asleep. I'm going to keep on going. (laughs) So David arose off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman washing herself. Thank God for inside showers, indoor baths, (laughs) you know, them foggy windows, blinds. (laughs) Shoot. Come on now. (laughs) Ha! And the woman was very good to look upon. Here go David, verse 3. David in inquired, because he's still the king. He's still the king. David sent in inquired after the woman. And he came, he came back and said, Whoa, ain't that well i don't say ain't that. But is <clears throat> not this Bathsheba <laughs> the wife of Uriah? So now they told David, this woman is married. Yeah. Yeah. Verse 4, what happened? David sent messengers and took her. He didn't ask her. He didn't text her. He wasn't like, hey, I'm the king. You want to come over? He sent people to take her. What? All right. So anyway, we got some teenagers here. By verse 5, she pregnant. I'ma keep, I'm all right, I'm keep on going. It's... And then she told us, hey, I'm pregnant. <laughs> Here this guy. From verse 6 through 10. This Joker tried to cover it up. He didn't stop at that point. The king David, who had such a relationship with God, he ran after lions and bears. But a little bit later, after he got king, he got comfortable. You know, he's the man now. Six through ten. He trying to get, he, first, her husband was out fighting, doing what he was supposed to be doing in David's army. So this one is boys. <laughs> All right, he sent her. He he sent for him for Uriah, her husband. Verse, you know, trying to get him drunk, so he can go home, and maybe that time will line up with the other time. Maybe be a couple weeks together, a couple couple weeks apart, and maybe you know he can get Bathsheba to say, hey. Uriah, I'm pregnant. (laughs) You know, manipulative. He off track. All right. Verse 11. And Uriah said unto David, the ark in Israel, holy ark, which was the presence of God, and Judah abide in tents, and my lord Joab, which was the chief of the army, and all of the guys that fight with him, are camped out in open fields. How can I go to my house and eat and drink and lay with my wife? And they out there doing it. Look at the integrity and character of this man. And what did David do? (laughs) Try to get him drunk again. (laughs) Still trying to do it. Uriah slept outside. See, David didn't count on that. See, being scurvy, being trifling was so common to David he thought everybody was that was his mentality so he put that off on everybody else so verse 12 and 13 he tried it again but he wouldn't do it verse 14 so in the morning um, David King David, a man after God's own heart, Psalmist David. And it came to pass in the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. He gave this man his own death sentence and said, hey, take that to Joab. He didn't even read it. How scandalous is that? And he's smiling all this. Hey, man, drink, man, yeah. You know. I, I, I got to keep, it, but, oh, you know, be careful who you hang out with and who you listen to. Who you partner up with. Because it ain't tell no telling why they with you, why they smiling at you, why they giving you all that stuff. Who in your house? You know, I got to protect mine, you, you know. All right, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> I know she appreciates that. <laughs> All right, and, and, and wrote in the letter, verse 15, saying, set ye Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle and retire you from him. Leave him out there. Make sure he gets killed. You done took the man's wife, got her pregnant, tried to get him drunk so he can raise your child. Now, nah, David got women. Plenty of women. Yes, amen. All he had to do was say, "Well, since she married, go get her." You know. Anyway, all right. So he had him killed. <clears throat> you know, that was verses fourteen through twenty-six. Um, when he, you know, now verse twenty-seven. <clears throat> Excuse me. And when the well twenty-six. And when the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she mourned for her husband. And when the morning was past, David sent and fetched her again, and she became his wife and bare him a son. But here's the issue. Here's the issue. Here it is. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. What to say? God knows what you did last summer. <laughs> he was the king, and can't nobody really check you when you're on top. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, David was fast to kill people if he, you know. Yeah. So, but but the issue is, what David did displeased the Lord. At this point, God was like, you know what? Uh-oh, that's way too much. There wasn't no Jesus in the Old Testament. God was upset. So here we go. And to spare anybody else from doing it, you know, God knows what he's doing. Okay. All right, let's look at chapter 12. All right, we passed the halfway point. All right, let's look at chapter 12. So the Lord sends Nathan to David, you know, of course, David's gonna listen to the prophet because he still knows. Mm-hmm. So the Lord sent sent Nathan to David, and so Nathan, of course, is smarter than David because he got the spirit of the Lord. So Nathan, instead of going to him, excuse me, and saying, "Hey, man, you was wrong for that," because David might kill him and really mess up. Right. David skating on thin ice in Houston. Yes, <laughs> it's gonna break. <laughs> Right? (laughs) Shoots. All right. So Nathan starts out verse 1 through 4 and he tells him this story. Hey, man, we got this guy and, you know, you got a poor guy that had this lamb and he was so poor, but he loved that lamb so much. He fed the lamb out of his own plate, nurtured it from a child, loved that lamb. And then the rich guy had a visitor that came into town. And so instead of the rich guy going into his stable, (laughs) some of y'all will get that later. Instead of the rich guy going into his stable and getting one of the lambs that he had already, he went and took the poor man's lamb and cut it up, and they had a barbecue for his boy that came into town. (laughs) You know? And David, because it was somebody else, (laughs) it's easy to see somebody else's sin. Easy, crystal clear. And he had the nerve to get upset. (laughs) This guy was something, wasn't he? (laughs) He said, Oh, he got upset and after he got upset, leased out the punishment. In verse 5, and David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said unto Nathan, as the... Now he going to be Christian. (laughs) You know? Now he going to pull out his church card. You know? His membership. You know, I'm, I'm saved now. Now, Here's a note. That church card don't always work when you're in sin. We can frustrate the grace of God, Jesus or not. There are consequences. You can be forgiven, but your unrighteousness will cause you some pain and sorrow and people die in unrighteousness. Just a note. So he got upset, and he said, as the Lord liveth, the man that done this shall surely die. See, David was actually writing his own sentence the same way he did Uriah. The Bible says, don't be mocked. What you reap, you're going to sow. And he wasn't done at the man dying. (laughs) What are you going to come come back to life and pay the man back fourfold? (laughs) David was tripping. Verse 7. Nathan was like, hey, you the man? This was you. Now, here's what's interesting. This is, now, this is the part where David was a man after God's own heart. And Nathan said to David, thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel. One. And I delivered you out of hand of Saul. You weren't running because you was fast. You didn't live because you were smart. And you were slick. I protected you. You were not born back in the slavery times. You know what he was telling me one time, you know? You weren't born back in slavery times just because you were special. You know, I knew with your mouth you'd be dead quick. <laughs> you wasn't born, wasn't nobody here born, I don't think, in a third world country where you don't have plumbing and running water. I thank God for that. But he had to be reminded, because he took it for granted. He was like, I want cold water, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and I delivered you out of the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives. Yeah. So he had other than women. He didn't have to do that. Uh-huh. And gave you the house of Israel and of Judah. Ooh. And if it had been too little, in verse 8, I would have given you such and such. Anything else. I mean, what else could you want? But he said, if that had been too late, if you even wanted anything else, I would have gave you that too. (laughs) But David was off track. He was selfish. Extremely selfish. Verse 13 is, oh, and he also said, "Well, you know, he told me, you, know, you thought you did what you did, and secretly, but I'm going to put you on blast All right. mm-hmm. front of everybody. Mm-hmm. on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, Instagram, <laughs> everywhere. Everybody going to know about this. It's going to be on CNN, you know. <laughs> For, in verse 12, "For thou did this secretly, but I'll do this thing." before all Israel, and before the sun. Verse 13, and David said unto Nathan, because he didn't even realize up until this point, dear God, don't let me get to that point where I don't even realize how bad I am. He said, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, the Lord has put away your sin, only because he finally realized it. I think if David probably didn't realize it and been like, Nathan, you wrong. Don't be talking about me like that. David probably would have took his last breath right there. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) We don't know because he repented. You got to be, we got to be quick to repent when we realize it. You never know. And don't wait. (laughs) Don't wait because you might not make it to church. Right then and there, as soon as you realize it, Boom, Lord, I am sorry. I'm done. I'm gonna get of this bed. Oh wait, that was, you know, I'm gonna stop what I'm doing right here, right now. I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna leave. I'm going home to my house in my bed, and I'm done, or I'm moving out. Sin is sin. The Bible's not gonna change. We know what we're supposed to be doing. We know. I ain't got to go there. I ain't we throwing stuff up here at me. <laughs> and I'm going back to Houston in a couple days, so y'all got to take the rest of that over. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's wrap it up. Okay. Verse 15. Now, in verse 13, the Lord took his son, fun, took his sin from him. And he, well, let's go back to 13 when he repented. And Nathan said unto David, the Lord hath put away thy sin, and you won't die. But how be it, because this deed is given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. Because people know you're a Christian. People know you saved. So when you act up, you misrepresent, you misrepresent him. And then they got a right to say, that's why I don't go to church. And then you can't say, oh, you got to have your own relationship. No, we're supposed to represent him at all times because our number one job is to get people saved and represent him. And he told him, he said, the child that is born of thee shall also surely die. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And this is how he said it, which was awesome. And Nathan departed unto his house, and Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife wow. bore Glory. to David. Yeah. What we got in sin? We might have to let we gotta let that go. Uh-huh. Stolen shoes will burn your feet. That's what I always heard. <laughs> 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 so you know. I don't think that's a scripture though. I don't think it's a scripture. <laughs> <laughs> and so the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife better David, and it was very sick. Verse 16, David starting to beg the Lord to let the child live. Mm-hmm. Now there's some stuff. Mm-hmm. We need to quit asking the Lord to bless. Oh, say that, say that. God don't bless mess. It's some stuff the Lord told you you shouldn't have had it in the first place. So quit asking him to fix it and bless it. Here's how I heard it. A lot of people want God to bless what they're doing instead of doing what God is blessing. I can write that down. That's free. So why are you sitting here begging, you know, he... Not begging, but he's begging, fasting, laying out on the ground, sleeping on the ground. You know, know, please, Lord, please, Lord. And it came to pass in verse 18, on the seventh day that the child died. And the servants of David feared him. You know, they they said, hey, when he get bad news, he trip out. You know, I don't want to tell him. You go tell him. (laughs) No, I ain't going to tell him. But we got to go because they sent us to tell him. So they just standing there like, you know, he he, you know, they like, (laughs) you know, probably say, you know, tell him, tell him, tell him, you know. And um, let me see, go down here, Rose. Okay, but when David saw that his servants was whispering, you, you tell him, you tell him, I ain't gonna tell him. David perceived that the child was dead. And then he asked him, is the child dead? And they said, yeah, he's dead. You know. And when David, then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his clothes and came into the house of the Lord in worship. This is the point where David wrote Psalm 122. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Because he know now, now, he's got a clean slate. The child died, he didn't die. So now he can get on track. So after you repent, cut all your ties. Then you can start over. At that point, that's how we get back on track. How did David? So now nah, I'm gonna close. So how did David get off track? Real simple. One verse was well, three verses, but it's the third one. Uh, the book of Exodus, chapter twenty. This is how David got off. David got off track. So we got to make sure that we don't do this. Somebody say, Get off my toes. Y'all put them up under the chair. It's a big boot about to drop. Ready? And God spake all these words, saying to, to Moses, He was getting the Ten Commandments I'm the Lord your God, which has brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. I don't know about you, but that's me. I was in Egypt. I was in bondage. No longer. Hallelujah. So these apply to me. And we can just stop at verse 3. We ain't even going to go through the other nine. Let's work on this one for the rest of the year. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Man, now I'm sure we go to your house, you know, you ain't got no Buddhist temples and statues and all that stuff, right? <laughs> but if God said, turn off your phone for 30 days, don't go on Facebook, don't do nothing on social media, or my sisters, the accountant, you know, if we went back, and accounted for this year completely. How much time did you spend praying? How much time did you spend undistracted at your own house reading the word of God by yourself? Undistracted, pay the babysitter to take the kids away just so you can spend some time with God. If we looked at that amount of time and put it up against how much time you spent on other things, is there another God before him? David became his own God. And I hope I don't become mine. I want a lot of stuff. And a lot of times, I don't even check to see if it's something that God wants for me. I want it. <laughs> but I don't know if God gives me a motorcycle. Will it help or hurt? <laughs> hurt? Hurt? Uh-oh. I like to, The Lord has spoken through my wife. <laughs> Ain't no Harley for you. Ha, <laughs> ha. Thank God for help. (laughs) I'm starting to say, you ain't Nathan. (laughs) But that's my help. Shoot, that woman that saved me from a lot. (laughs) Amen. All right, so this is what I'm going to say before we close. Um, Four keys. Four keys to staying on track. Cause I don't want to show a hands if anybody has any guys before him, because it ain't about what we say here. The same way the Lord saw what David did, His name, God's name, is jealous, among other things, and you can't hide from Him. He know, He's read all your texts, all your emails. He know what you do, and what I do. Ooh. So glad I'm married. <laughs> I get the rest of that is covered, amen. All right. Number one, move on and let it go. All right. All right. Whatever it is him, her, it, you know, whatever it is that God specifically, clearly did not say, get it, do it, go there, start it, file it. Let it go and move on. Number two, just like David did, get to church. Get to a healthy church and stay there. Not just on New Year's Eve. (laughs) Stay there every week. Our church attendance shows who's God in our life. When you get your W-2 statement, Is it going to be 10% of what you paid in ties? Is your tithe statement going to be 10% of what you brought in on your Mm W-2? You know, if we were in a business agreement and I gave you $100 and I said, all you got to do is give me 10 back. Mm -hmm. You think it'll be easy. (laughs) (laughs) And, And then if you give me the 10 back, I'm going to give you 100 more. We'll probably stand up here for about an hour and a half. <laughs> Until you get the 10,000. Right, right. And then you got to, whoa, that's a $1,000. Not the nine, because you already got that spent, because I ain't spent no time with God. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get that, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get that. That's why it gets hard to get another 1,000 back. All right. All right, that's it. That was number two. Get to and stay in a healthy church. This is a healthy church. I know for a fact this is a healthy church. Amen? Don't nobody else agree with me? (laughs) Three, keep no other gods before him, including sleep. So the best thing to do and it's over and over and over and over and over and over in scripture. The Lord Jesus did, who is our perfect example, over and over and over and over and over, the morning time is the best time. Oh yeah. Yes it is. Start out with 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. If you just get, you know, some of us might, you know, you might have to stand up. <laughs> I sit there five minutes after I get up. I'm gonna be snoring again. You know. <laughs> so you might have to stand up in the beginning. You know, just read the one scripture and have a notebook and set it out the night before so you can get up and go right there to that table. You know, turn on the lights on, you know. Keep no other guys before him. That's number three. and Number four, the last one. Remain thankful for what God has already done and continues to do every day, all day. Some of us, I mean, hey, for anybody, one phone call, one text, one email, one wrong word, one bad luck, one flat tire, people die every day. Good people die every day doing what they're supposed to be doing. And we just take it for granted, just go out there doing silly stuff. We, are me, too. You know? So come on, let's stand on our feet. <clears throat> so let's examine ourselves. And let's take this time right now. Lord, I thank you for having heat this winter. I thank you for food. I thank you for these clothes. I thank you for a good family. I thank you for a car, I don't have to catch the bus. It's just so much. I think I'm not incarcerated. I ain't followed the law of my life. I think I got a driver's license. I don't always drive right. Hey. That's it, y'all done? (laughs) All right. So a lot of stuff happened this year and I'm so glad. I'm so glad God covers me. He protects me. I know he's going to provide for me. I thank him for his word. I thank him that I know how to read and I know how to write and I know how to count. I know how to dress. I can stand up and walk. I can use my hands. I can see out of both eyes. I'm not living check to check. I get a check. I got money in the bank. I'm happy about that. And even if I didn't have anything, I'm here and I have the know-how to get anything I need to get. And it's all because of him. Everything I am, everything I have, everything I know, everything I've accomplished, I'm happy about it and I'm thankful for it. So let's go into this next year with a thankful heart, with a clean slate, with our hands off for anything that we don't need. Let's not take nothing into this next year that we don't need to take. Let's go on and delete those contacts, break those appointments, start out a whole new plan. It's a clean slate. Don't take it for granted that you're gonna be there in 72 hours. I thank God for the last 362 days. I thank God for the day. The only way I'm going to eat between now and the time I eat is because his his grace and his mercy is allowing me to do it because I don't deserve none of it. All right, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. I love you all. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands and bless the Lord God. Hallelujah.